off the ball. Rugby. I started off thinking I was the Brian O'Driscoll. Then I worked my way down to Mike Tyndall, who just was like solid and could run through people. My coaches gave me the Bible in how to play seven. Join in the obsession. Subscribe now at offtheball.com forward slash join. Zemo going on his own. He gets the try. The Red 78. We're both monster people. Whoever gets over the line, try from outside. Nobody knows monster rugby better. Hello and welcome to the Red 78, a Monster podcast for Monster fans. My name is Rory Hagan. We have plenty to talk about today. A dogged win in the Limerick Rain, a huge clash with old rivals on the horizon and the potential debut of new signing Ollie Yeager as well. Delighted as always to be in the company of Monster legends Alan Quinlan and Fiona Hayes. Guys, how are you? How was the weekend? Good, great weekend. Um, I was coaching again this weekend and uh, we we got the win. So we're seven from seven. So I'm delighted to uh, sit on top of the table. It was uh, one that almost gave me heart failure. But uh, <laughs> those are the games you love when they're finished, obviously. I think the social media post said that you uh, aged 20 years watching that Bozeman. <laughs> yeah, you can see the wrinkles here on my face, definitely. <laughs> Couldn't you hold your weekend, sir? Oh, I was good, yeah. I did um, uh, commentary for the... Leinster Scarlet's game, watch the Munster, the Munster uh, game beforehand, and then commentary for for Leinster Scarlet's, and uh, give me a sharp reminder about uh, the depth they have and the quality and the internationals coming back and uh, the challenge that lays ahead this week. But um, no, it was good. Yeah, certainly plenty to talk about on this uh, this show today on the Red Seventy Eight. Uh, Fiona, first off, going to through some of the comments that we got into the show. Um, yeah, so look, first of all, I suppose. It first was of all, Quinny Qu- Qu- was late putting the tweet out. That's what you got to about that. But on time for the podcast recording for the first time this season. Just about, just about, Quinny. Um, yeah, I'm starting to learn a lot now, Quinny, from you that you, you like to do things last minute, do you? Well, I'm always prepared, but yeah, sometimes <laughs> at the last minute something comes up and. Um, the, the time time can be challenging, shall we no. say. Yeah, you're a busy man. Um, I suppose first, Dave H has scrum as a big worry. Um, could Jaeger be catapulted in there for Saturday? Um, Leinster will target our rook, which hasn't been great. They'll be going full strength to um, big ask as we haven't been consistent so far. Um, uh, there's injuries to uh, Peter Romani and Jack O'Donoghue Saturday. Does that make us a write-off? Um, Dermot has come in. Don't think our front row is at the level required. Um, that's a respectful opinion. And Stephen says, a uh, big improvement needed for Leinster. Scrum is a huge concern. So we're starting to, to get a, a team around that. Um, and I suppose that's something we look at later. Um, Quinny, how, how do you feel about that scrum going into the Leinster game? Um, yeah, well, you're good. You're, you're... It's always a concern if your set piece is struggling and it puts massive pressure. We spoke a lot about the line-out um, in, in Belfast. That was a lot better. We'll, we'll get into it a little bit more mm-hmm. as to why it was better. Um, but certainly the scrum was a concern. Um, it's it's uh, you know it's really difficult. You know that as a coach. Um, and it's a worry and it, and it, it nearly costs Munster in the end. But look, you're, when you're scrummaging against the South African teams, you're going to... It's just that excessive power is is off the charts, and sure um, have got to uh, try and get tighter. It's a collective thing. It isn't down to you know when when Josh Richley and, and Stephen Archer are on. Yeah. I think you could eat the easy option here is to target the props and say that it's it's all their fault. But the 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 scrum was quite loose. Um, they weren't in a very low position. 
and there's a lot of foot movement to their footwork. And if there's an, a, a chink of an opportunity for the opposition, they'll sense that and go for it. So, um, again, it's something they've got to improve on this week because um, your scrum was vital. Yeah, and Dave, I think, said it, what an impact is Ali Yeager going to have um, on this team. We need him all goals and blazing. So I think that's a good point as well. Yeah, a lot of excitement about uh, Oli Yeager's potential debut this weekend. Before we talk about that Lens again, let's look back on that win over the Stormers. Um, not exactly pretty in the lashing Limerick rain, Fiona Hayes. One for the purists, uh, I think, is the most uh, the kindest way to describe uh, the weekend's game, I guess. Yeah, I think so. But look, you know, if you're up in that crowd, I think you'll take something from from the defence. Um, if that's, uh, I suppose I love that side of the game. So that second half when they were under the pump you know especially when they made the, the changes at front row um it was actually really interesting I think it was up in the, the right hand corner there was um four I'm going to say three to four reset scrums um I think Witcherly was pinned once Archer was pinned a couple of times and when it came to the last one you were just sure that there was going to be a, a pushover try and fair play to them the the one they needed to lock out absolutely locked it out and held and the Stormers had to use the ball and they were held up over the line. So there were some really good moments of defence in the game and beautiful tries scored as well. But I, I just think that second half as a coach, you'll take a lot from that going into the Leinster game, how they played. Um, Jack Crowley, one of the biggest defensive efforts I've seen him put in in a Munster jersey. He seemed to be everywhere, getting underneath, holding up malls, throwing his body around the line, took a few huge hits and just bounced up. So that type of character, I think, going into the, the game next, next week will stand to them. And against um, a South African team, you'd always bank on that path to, to get over the line, to have those big pick and goes and those powerful runs. And to be fair to Munster, they did ha- hold them out for the mm. full game. Quinny, what impressed you the most about Munster's performance? Um, probably the grit and determination. I think it's it's obviously very difficult to play in those conditions. And um, the Stormers pretty determined to try and turn Munster over there. We spoke about probably a rivalry building between the two sides and a familiarity. Mm. Uh, um, but I thought Munster, you know, they did a lot of good stuff. Um, there was certainly an enthusiasm and more energy at times than, than they portrayed in in the particularly in the after the twenty minutes in Belfast, um, some inaccuracies again, um, for sure. Or the scrum as we just spoke about was was would would be a concern and a worry. Um, I think the breakdown at times. Um, there was one particular. I, I think um, Graham Rountree spoke about it afterwards on on the forty nine minute. And for anybody who wants to go back and look at it, monster around the the Stormers line. Um, Scoreline is 10 3. Um, they're very close to to uh, scoring another another try. They're a yard out and they're picking and going. And um, uh, Billy Engelbrecht gets a turnover there. But the cleanouts and the, and the inaccuracy was, was really poor. And it can just show, you know, a couple of minutes later, I'll probably you go to the 58 minutes and Gavin Coombs and Anton Frisch are holding Evan Roos up over the line. So mm. it's a massive swing. If Monster goes 17-3 there, um, maybe the heads drop a little bit for the Stormers and they can kick on. Very small margins, but again, at this vital moment, uh, Monster did not resource to break down with accuracy there. Um, and I come in on that just for yes. one second, on that 49 minutes, Quinny. 
I think it was Ty Byrne, if I'm correct, that missed the, the clean out and the, the Yeah, it was Ty Byrne and, and Stephen Archer. And Archer and the player was rolling away. So I think he Burnt taught that obviously he was interfering in the clean out and he was he was going to get that off the referee, but you can't bank on the referees to, to give you those penalties advantage. So yeah, hundred percent. I, I watched it a few times and I thought, you know, this pro- he could it could have gone either way, but they're gonna have to be so clinical around that area. And if, if I was to say um, maybe a little bit of inexperience from Edwin Adogbo, mm. and it's hard to describe this when we don't have pitchers, but when he picked the ball, and obviously he got a brilliant try uh, from a pick and go and found a little pocket to go through for his try in the first half. Um, I just think when he picks that ball on the 49th minute, he just needs to go a step outside the rock rather than he stayed very very close to the rock so obviously the reason I say that is if you stay very very close to the rock um, you're going to get guys that are kind of behind the rock that immediately can try and poach I know Vili Engelbrecht came in from you know a, a little bit of a side position but I think if, if Edward Adogbo takes one little step in a very low position and pumps his legs it's just moving the rock about a yard or two wide of where the initial one was, and it gives more of a clearer picture to to remove bodies and stuff like that, and to to to, to win that that breakdown. So I think there was three pieces to that: the pick from Edmund Adogbo, just go a little step to the side of the rock, and then the clean out. Um, the reaction probably a Tyburn and Stephen Archer piled in really quickly, but just went straight off his feet and and flew over the ball. Um, he lost his footing. So again. It's not trying to highlight people here. I just think it's just being accurate there in those moments. And it's a very obvious one because if Munster scored there, it, it, it ends yeah. up being 17-3, a little bit more comfortable. Um, but, you know, the, the big positive is the character. Um, you know, the 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 kind of match hardness you get from a game like that against a very, very physical side. You know, the South Africans have been brilliant in this tournament yeah. and they've started really well which is a concern for everybody else because, um, you know, the Sharks have obviously, you know, lost lost five games and Connacht, to be fair to them, we, we, in, in case there's any Connacht fans have a little sneaky listen to the podcast, <laughs> uh, that was a fantastic result in, in, in South Africa for them. But they've been brilliant and they, they bring a physicality that's really intense and intensity and a fight and a doggedness. So you would hope that that match will stand to Monster again. Um we are still early in the season, so um, obviously in their reviews, um, and it was hard to play. You know, we spoke about the attack as well last week about trying to find space and get some line breaks and get get uh, more accuracy in the passing. It was really, really difficult. But a couple of little moments, um, big positive. The lineout, um, Scott Buckley. You have mm. to tip your hat to him. Um, he struggled uh, with his lineout throwing uh, when he came on in Belfast. Um, he played well around the field and, um, you know, Munster won um, 13 lineouts out of 15. Still two losses. You'd still be looking at the last two losses and say, well, can we do better? But it's still a, a much better return. And I think they looked a lot more assured and comfortable around their lineout. Um, turnovers conceded 18. It's a lot. Now, it wasn't just Munster conceding turnovers. Stormers had 14 as well. It's a very high number. The weather does play a part. Uh, the intensity of both sides, of course, plays a part. 
Uh, Munster struggle a little bit under the high ball as well at times, uh, particularly early on in the game. Um, so they're the kind of things they look at. Um, you would be hoping for a drier match this week, or, um, better weather conditions <laughs> that I think Munster, in a sense, there's obviously big pressure going to Dublin, but I think that can click a bit. Again, I liked Frisch and Nankiville, mm. even though they didn't... Um, and we'll go into the individuals more, even though they, it was difficult to find space. I think they're running really good lines and hopefully that'll get better as it goes forward. But, um, you know, overall, uh, very gritty, determined performance and they had to dig in really and, and you can get a lot out of those type of games. Obviously, from a tactical and playing point of view, you can improve um, in in many areas. Yeah, Fiona, just go back to that Munster lineout because it's been a reoccurring theme in this podcast that we've been discussing Munster's lineout issues. What had improved for Munster over this weekend? What did you notice? Um, as well as obviously Quinny gave you the stats and they also stole a couple as well, which was brilliant. I think Peter Manny got up and Ty Byrne got up at another stage as well. So that that, was, a, that was really vital for the first penalty that Munster, Munster got. got like, yeah. It was a brilliant steal from Peter. Sorry yeah. for interrupting there. It's no. really relevant that that pressure and that's what you one from your line of Fiona, isn't it? That pressure when, when the opposition are throwing in the ball. Yeah, 100%, because it was kind of too easy for teams, I felt, um, to, to, to look at Munster and see where they were going um, defensively, but they changed things up. They had numerous people ready to jump and they flew them up. Um, for me, I think they just got in a lot quicker. I think um, the speed of that lift jump, Quinny spoke last week, I think about how it was little bit labour that how you get to that level if there's a slight even um I suppose a slight miss lift or if it's delayed by even a half a second it can interfere with everything I thought they were very good to get in speed to set Buckley had his information nice and early if you saw they got over the information was in and it was just in and slight bit of movement and up and I think they they done really well in that and I also felt there was a couple of line outs as well I think we could have been constantly pre-calling which is fine but they weren't looking at what the space that was being given to them in front of them and there was a couple of times during the game I think they pre-called but changed what they'd called and added a bit of movement to move elsewhere so it was just I suppose they, they'd they worked a lot on it last week and it had probably been going well at training but it, it can be hard in training when you transfer it to the big games but I, I definitely saw speed to set and how they got in there and how they got up in the air was a lot more or was a lot quicker this week and I suppose they, they looked at the opposition as well and you could see their movement they were taking them just coming in before for the jumpers of the stormers as well, yeah, especially in those conditions as well. As well, it must be a nightmare to be to be doing lineouts in the, that kind of weather that we saw in Limerick over the weekend. Yeah, oh. it is difficult. It, it is, isn't it? And and it's it's um it's that speed of movement and accuracy and getting the lift right, getting the timing of the throw is really important. And um, you know, it's just such a vital part of of any team's attack if you want to try and launch attack and and get a bit of flow. Um, we see a lot of teams kicking to the corner now and um, you know trying to secure those lineups. I, I think the mall is something that um, you know they didn't get a lot of return out of, um, and that's been a, a little bit of a worry. Obviously, it takes a little bit of time to build that and really focus it, and you know it could be something that could work on on the weekend that they if you know you've got to try and take Lencer on up front a little bit and and. And go after him in that area, and um, you know, because essentially there's there's a lot of internationals there that um, that produce at a test level. So it's a real challenge in a test for him. But 
definitely the speed of movement on the ground, on the ground was better. Uh, we don't know what the story is with Dermot Barron. It looks like he, he may be available this week, which would be a boost. Yeah, he passed um, his HIA, so it looks like he's going to be all right for the weekend. That would be very helpful for sure because, um, you know, I think Chris Moore on the bench is obviously very inexperienced and uh, and Chris Moore our, our, and Scott Buckley did really well, as I said. But, you know, if you can bring back the quality of Dermot Barron and his leadership, it would be very beneficial to, to, to Munster. Uh, Jack Crawley was the uh, the official player of the match. We'll get to the Red 78 star of the week uh, shortly. But Fiona, were you impressed with his performance over the weekend? Yeah, as I said at the start, I was just, I was blown away by his physicality. Um, you know, he, as I said, he took a couple of knocks. They were going after him. You know, when he, when he did take those, when he did take the ball to the line and, and put other people away, you could see he was taking those late hits or, or, or I suppose they're on the money. They're just a second too late. People know exactly what they're doing, but he just bounced himself back up, got involved. Um, I, I suppose last week, a couple of the tries, one in particular, I think he got caught maybe a slight because he was the last defender on the line. I think he got, I know Munster liked to defend with their last defender in the front line out on past the 15. And I think a couple of times he might have got caught inside that. I thought his judgment and his decision making around how to defend that wider channel and where to set up was so was so much better this week. He, as I said, he got himself all involved. He was getting in, in holding up malls, trying to at times and and taking use hits. But but it's his attacking game. Uh, obviously, we're seeing it grow throughout the season. The more game time he gets. His kicking was exceptional. Um, I think there was one stage he caught a, a lucky bounce in that second half. I think it hit one of the Stormers players, bounced up into his hand and the exit that he just gave us got a chance. So we went from being five metres out. He turned around, kicked the ball about 60 metres up the pitch. And as a defence, that relief gives you so much time to regroup, regather yourself and get up as a defensive line. So I, I really was impressed with him this week. He took full control control of the game and in the backfield order in the pack around so it's good to see him growing each game and I know there's a, a lot of chat about for the future Crowley Prendergast but he's certainly putting his hand up now saying I'm definitely the player in form at the minute and There's a lot of pressure on his shoulders as a result Quinny because a lot of people are saying that he is the heir to Johnny Sexton as are the number 10 but to do that he must perform consistently week on week from Munster so every time he goes out to the field there's a lot of pressure on his shoulders there is, but I think he he probably realizes that, and um, he's trying to get better all the time and learn from from uh, little mistakes or errors or things he, sh- he could have done better. I think if you look at the situation this year with Monster, in a sense that um, it, it can work both ways. Um, when you don't have Joey Carby, obviously he's out injured now for a number of months, which is really unfortunate. Tony Butler is probably the next um, the next out half. He's still very young, very talented. But in a sense, uh, Jack Crowley doesn't have Ben Healy kind of breathing over his shoulder. And um, it limits the Munster coach's um, ability to make changes. And I thought Munster um, being able to bring Ben Healy on, particularly in the latter parts of last season, they were able to change the dynamic of their game. And... Ben Healy's kicking and probably the way he probably was able to attack the gain line and, and had a bit more confidence maybe to go right at that gain line and pick people out with passes, was able to change things for Munster. And um, Jack Crowley obviously was re- really good for Munster. But I think both of them, 
helped each other and bring the best out of each other. It's a different scenario now for Jack Crowley because he doesn't have that intense competition uh, on top of him. Um, so he's got to kind of have his own standard and, and keep working with, you know, with Mike Prendergast, who's, who's the backs coach, Mossy Lawler on the skills, all that kind of stuff, and just try to make consistent good decisions. You know, as a fly half, you're going to handle the ball 60, 70, 80 times a game. Um, it's hard to make sure, make those 70 or 80 times you touch the ball perfect. You know, there's always going to be an error or mistake. Uh, but I think he's 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 looking more composed. I think his performance is really good on Saturday. Um, and the stuff that you can coach is that big physical presence. I think he's pretty hard and he's a physical fly half, mm. which which is really great to see. Um, I think, you know, he just getting real consistency in his game is the key. And I think when he plays with his head up and you know, a little bit of a strut about him. He can he can do really special things. So he's just trying to be really consistent. And and yes, he was really good. Um, he took some heavy punishments um, on Saturday, which you know, at one stage, Fouché, the the tight head hit him. You know, early on in the game, when a ball and up and under, it went loose, and he got kind of cut in half, and and he got straight back up off the ground, and uh, was obviously a little bit winded. So. Um, I'm not saying that's that's the most important thing for fly half, but certainly it's important that we now have a physical ten that you hope that Munster don't get any more injuries in that area because um, some people were speculating, some people who were tweeting there before the show um, that he might have had a knock or, or an injury, but officially um, that's that doesn't seem to be the case. It's Jack O'Donnell and Peter Romani are the ones that that the most concerns were about, and they were going for for further investigation but Jack Crowley was really good and I think he's need, he's going to he's going to have a different pressure this week because of what happened last last um, in that semi-final getting the winning drop goal um, you know the opposition 10 against him this week is going to be um, they'll all see the doors open now with Johnny Sexton gone yeah um, so they're all going to be kind of trying to pile through it and take over and uh, so it's a different sort of pressure um, the crowd will be on top of him um, you know, you would imagine Leinster Monster will. They're not going to be favourites. Uh, Leinster heavy favourites for the game. Um, so he's he's a really important part of, of Monster's performances going forward. And Saturday was really good. That is it for part one of the Red Seventy Eight. To listen to the full episode where we talk about our star of the week and we built up to the massive clash with Leinster, become an Off the Ball member. Check out offtheball.com forward slash join for all the details. You can become a member on the Off The Ball app, Apple, Spotify or YouTube for 9 99 a month. The Red 78. Nobody knows Monster Rugby better. I'd like to think I know a lot.